you think to yourself, I wish I could do X with type 1 diabetes, but diabetes holds me back and I just can't do it. You still want to get out there and live your life, but there are so many ways that diabetes is getting in your way and making it more challenging for you. And that's weighing on your mental health. What if there's a way that you could behave how you wanted to and not let diabetes get in the way? I'm going to talk all about this in this episode and give you a step-by-step process to get out there and live your life, even with diabetes along for the ride. And guess what? You'll improve your emotional health at the same time. Let's get started. Welcome to the Diabetes Psychologist Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Mark Heyman, and I invite you to join us as we talk candidly about the emotional challenges of living with type 1 diabetes. We'll give you actionable strategies to help you face these challenges head on, reduce your stress, and most importantly, live a full life without letting diabetes get in the way. Hey there, welcome to the Diabetes Psychologist Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Mark Heyman. What if you were confident that you were able to do whatever you wanted to do in your life and diabetes would not get in the way? What would that be like for you? My guess is you would feel free and flexible and diabetes just wouldn't be that big of a deal. On the last couple of episodes, we've been talking about the three pillars of emotional health with type 1 diabetes. In episode 44, I gave you an overview of these three pillars. If you haven't had a chance yet, please go back and listen to that episode. That'll set the context for this episode and the ones before it. On episode 45, I talked about the first pillar of emotional health, and that is diabetes education. I talked about why diabetes education is so important to get a solid foundation with your diabetes so you feel comfortable in moving forward. On episode 46, I talked all about mindset and why your mindset is so important for your diabetes and mental health. And on this episode, we're taking it to the next level and talking about behavior. Behavior is the third pillar of emotional health with type 1 diabetes. And in my opinion, it's the most important. And after listening to this episode, you're going to have all the information and tools that you need to do whatever you want without letting diabetes hold you back. Everything we've done up to now is leading to this point. Diabetes education matters and your mindset matters. And when those are in a good place, you're able to go to the third pillar, which is behavior. Now, what does that mean? It means being able to do what you want in your life without letting diabetes get in your way, without it even coming into your mind that diabetes could be a problem here or that it could stop you from doing the things that you want to do. How would that feel if that were the case? If diabetes was there, you're managing it well, but it never even crossed your mind that it could be a problem. In my opinion, your behavior is the most important aspect of your diabetes and mental health. Your emotions matter, but only to the extent that they get in the way of your behavior. And when we're talking about diabetes and mental health, I think too often we focus too much on how things feel, how overwhelmed you feel, how frustrated you feel, how hopeless you feel. How overwhelmed you feel, how frustrated you feel, how angry you feel. And those feelings are important because they're not comfortable. But why are they not comfortable? What is it that causes the tension in those feelings? What is it that takes those feelings and makes them so unbearable sometimes? And in my opinion, 
It's not the feelings don't make themselves unbearable, but it's what the feelings stop you from doing, or at least make you think you can't do. And that's all about your mindset. But the next step here is thinking about behavior and how you can lead with action and show yourself you can do whatever you want in your life and not have diabetes get in the way, even when you're feeling anxious or overwhelmed or frustrated. That's the trick. If you wait until you're not feeling those things, you're going to be waiting a long time. But if you're able to behave in the way you want to, even if you're feeling those things, that's where the mental health magic happens. All of a sudden, those things that were bothering you so much aren't that big of a deal anymore because they're not stopping you. The reason they bother you so much is one, because they're uncomfortable. And that may be the case forever. But more so, they're bothering you because they're getting in your way and stopping you from doing the things that you value in your life. On this episode of the podcast, I'm going to give you a step-by-step process to develop a solid foundation for the third pillar of emotional health with type 1 diabetes, and that is behavior. And I can assure you, if you're able to follow this process, as well as have a solid foundation with diabetes education and with mindset, you're going to be set to go. And you're going to be able to handle whatever diabetes throws your way. I want to tell you a story about a young man I worked with a while back who really was able to embrace the pillar of behavior. And I want to tell you about the ripple effect it had on both his life and his activities, as well as his blood sugars and his diabetes management, because it was pretty cool. Tony was in his late 20s, and he was diagnosed with diabetes when he was about 23. So he had diabetes for about five years at that point. And he came to my office because he was feeling pretty desperate. He felt like diabetes was holding him hostage. See, Tony was an outdoors guy. He loved hiking. He loved fishing. And he loved jet skiing. And ever since his diagnosis, he had stopped doing all of those things. Somehow he got the message that those things were not okay to do and not safe to do with diabetes. And wherever that message came from, I don't remember, he really took it to heart. But of course, that upset him because he was feeling like, what will my life be about if I can't do the things that I love? And he was in a really dark place. So the first thing we did was we talked about diabetes education, kind of gave him a rundown about what diabetes is and how it's managed. He had a pretty good grasp on these things. I want to talk to him about why fishing and jet skiing and hiking were off the table. And he had some misinformation about what it was like to treat a low, where he was able to treat lows, and what would happen if he had a low blood sugar while he was out on an adventure. And that's really where diabetes education came in for Tony, giving him the information and then helping him to develop strategies to be able to deal with those situations when they came up was essential for him. He really, he he, he understood diabetes, but he didn't really understand how he could implement those strategies and that information into the activities that he wanted to do. And once we were able to do that, he was feeling much more comfortable and much more solid ground around his diabetes. And we saw his flexibility increase in his daily life. He started going for runs. He started being much more social. And diabetes wasn't on his mind so much. It wasn't weighing him down. But Tony still had some mindset blocks that were going on. He had some thoughts and beliefs about diabetes and what it meant about him that were really getting in the way. He said that those magic words, I can't an awful lot. Mm -hmm. Diabetes means that I can't jet ski. Diabetes means that I can't hike. Diabetes means that I can't live my life. Those thoughts were really weighing him down 
and causing him to feel some pretty challenging emotions. He was feeling helpless at one point. And of course, he was feeling frustrated and angry. And he was having some grief about what he felt diabetes had taken away from him. But as I said before, where this was all really impacting Tony was his ability to do these activities, do the things he loved to do, which he thought now were completely off the table. And he had for the past five years. When Tony originally came to see me, he was looking for a way to accept the fact that he had to give these things up. And I really flipped the script on him there. Not only did he not have to accept those things, but he was going to be able to do them and do them whenever he wanted to do, even with diabetes. And this was a mindset shift for Tony. And actually, I think it really blew his mind. He was so convinced and so set in that mindset that having diabetes meant that he had to give up all these things and had to live a life with all of the hobbies that he loved off limits, that the possibility of even doing those things seemed unrealistic to him. And that was part of the mindset shift. Part of the mindset work we had to do was helping him see this was possible, even if he didn't believe it at that point. But as you're going to see, in order to get to the point where he could start behaving differently, he had to have a solid foundation with his diabetes education and with his mindset. And once that happened, he was off to the races. One mindset we get into that really gets in the way of our behavior with diabetes is the mindset that our emotions have to dictate our behavior and that we can't behave a certain way until we feel a certain way. And I want to tell you right now, that's not true. You may not believe me right now, but this process will help you get to a point where you can believe me and you can take action even though your mind and your emotions are telling you that you can't. Even when I told Tony he could get back on his jet ski, even though he had diabetes, he understood the concept intellectually, but he was having trouble taking action. And we dug into this a little bit more and realized that he was scared. The mindset that he had that he couldn't jet ski was really internalized with him. The thought of going jet skiing now terrified him. It made him scared. He felt that diabetes and jet skiing were a dangerous combination. And it was that fear that he had that was really getting in the way of his action. And what I had to help Tony do is recognize that he could be scared and also do something anyway. That his emotion and his behavior did not have to line up. And it was that mindset shift which really helped him to take that action and get to the point where he was able to jet ski. And spoiler alert, he was. But in order to get to that point, he had to have the mindset flexibility to be able to do that, to be able to see that even though he felt scared, that fear didn't have to stop him from jet skiing and hiking and doing everything else he wanted to do. Here's the thing about the behavior pillar, though, is in order to be successful at it, you have to be willing to tolerate distress. You have to be willing to feel uncomfortable and lean into that discomfort, knowing that you're going to be okay. And that's a tough thing to do. That's why having a solid foundation with diabetes education and with mindset is critical to being able to take action on the behavior pillar. The other pillars give you the skills that you need to be able to take action. And without them, you're going to be on shaky ground and probably going to back out and not behave in the way you want to. So now I want to give you the step-by-step process to be able to take action on the behavior pillar and to lead with action. Remember, 
Lead with action means let your behavior lead your emotions, as opposed to letting your emotions lead your behavior. When you let your emotions lead your behavior, your emotions are in control, and you're at their whim. You can't do things unless your emotions say so. And there's a good chance your emotions, that fear, that frustration, that overwhelm will never give you permission to do what you want to do. But letting your behavior lead your emotions is basically telling your emotions, thanks for being here, but I don't need you right now. You're not being helpful for me. I'm going to do what I want anyway. And then you lead with your behavior. You do what you want to do and your emotions follow along. But guess what? When that happens, your emotions generally change. Generally speaking, if you're able to lead with action and do it scared, that fear response goes down real fast and it becomes not that big of a deal. Yeah, you may still be a little bit nervous. You may still be a little bit anxious or overwhelmed, but that emotion's not that big of a deal. When emotions become not that big of a deal, they generally fade away or at least become a whole lot less recognizable. The first step to leading with action is taking out your computer or a piece of paper and making a list. I want you to make a list of everything that you cannot do or that you think that you cannot do because diabetes is in the way. It doesn't matter how big or how small these things are. Just do a big brain dump. Make a list of all of the things diabetes gets in the way of and makes more difficult in your life and all the things that diabetes keeps you from doing. The reason I'm having you do this is because I want to take, I want to take these ideas out of theory and have them have you put them into practice in your life. And behavior is the ideal way to do that. Before we can really put them into practice, we have to understand what exactly are the things that we want to do that we feel we cannot do because of diabetes. Now, as you're making this list, be careful not to judge yourself. This list is all information for you. And I don't want you judging yourself saying, I should be able to do this, or I can't do this, or I'm mad at myself for not doing this. That judgment is not for right now. What's right now is just putting on paper all of the things that you want to do. And guess what? This list will become the checklist that you use to start checking things off that you now can do even though you have diabetes, rather than the list of things you cannot do because you have diabetes. But in order for this list to be helpful, you have to be honest with yourself and be kind to yourself about what you have not done in the past and what you thought you could not do in the past with diabetes. The next step is to look at this list and pick the three or four things on the list that are the most important things for you to tackle. The things on this list that you really want to do. And you can call it a success if you're able to do those three or four things. If you only have three or four things on your list, then great, you have that work done. But if your list is longer, and it might be, pick those three or four things that will be the biggest wins if you can accomplish them. Don't worry, you'll get to the other things later, but I wanna make sure we're setting you up for success right now and not making you feel overwhelmed with the list that you have and all the new things we want you to try. The next step is to take those three or four things that you chose and really think about what is getting in your way. Why is it so hard for you to imagine yourself or to take action in doing those things? Are there thoughts that are getting in the way? Are there emotions getting in the way? Are you worried about how you might manage diabetes while you're doing these things? Or how diabetes will impact your ability to do these things, either physically or emotionally? Or maybe you don't feel confident enough in your diabetes management to be able to do that one thing. 
whatever those barriers are, list them out for each of those three or four activities that you want to do. For Tony, one of his activities here was jet skiing. He had thoughts and emotions as well as feeling a little bit unsteady with the diabetes management that were all getting in his way. So the thoughts that he had were, I can't do this with diabetes. Also, jet skiing and diabetes don't mix. And jet skiing and diabetes are a dangerous combination. Those thoughts were really getting in the way. And if he believed those thoughts, which he did, of course he would not be jet skiing. Also, he had emotions involved. Uh, He felt defeated, first of all. He also felt scared and anxious and overwhelmed and also a little embarrassed. And all of those things were kind of trapping him and making him feel paralyzed around taking action. And then finally, Tony had some misunderstanding about managing diabetes and how he might take care of himself and his ability to take care of himself while he was out on a jet ski. And he was worried that if he was out on a jet ski, that he wouldn't have the ability or the knowledge to take care of himself if something was off base with his diabetes. His shaky understanding of diabetes management was also really getting in his way. I have some good news here, though. I bet you that everything you listed that are barriers to you doing those things that you want to do, we've covered in the other two pillars. If you're not feeling confident in your diabetes management and understanding diabetes and how you can take care of yourself in certain situations, that fits in the diabetes education pillar. If you're having difficult thoughts or emotions, or you're scared about what it's going to be like for you, or you're scared that taking action doing these things is dangerous, or you're having doubts about your ability to take action, those are all thoughts. And thoughts and emotions all fit into the mindset pillar. If you have any questions about the diabetes education pillar, you can find those in episode 45. And if you have any more questions and want more details about the mindset pillar, go back to episode 46 and give that one a listen. But what you want to do is you want to take the information you learned from those pillars and the foundation that you already have in those pillars and use them to help yourself break down those barriers. And then the final step is the big one. You want to make a commitment to yourself and commit to leading with action. And I don't want you to do this randomly. I want you to do this very methodically. So pick one of those things that you want to do. So for Tony, it was jet skiing. What we did was we sat down and put it on the calendar. He was free the following Saturday and he had access to a jet ski. And so he committed that on Saturday morning, he would go out on the water and jet ski. If you say you can do it, but then you never do because you don't make a plan and put it in action, that doesn't help much. In order to lead with action and use that behavior pillar, you actually have to make a plan to behave. And once you do that, once you make that plan on a regular basis, all of a sudden your your world opens up and you become a whole lot more flexible. And you're able to do things on the spur of the moment. But until you get to that point, you need to be intentional about these actions and actually plan them and put them in your calendar so that you commit to doing them and then you follow through with them. And after you take action and behave differently, I want you to do one last step. And that's reflect back on the process. Both the process of getting yourself to that point and leading with action and doing the behavior, but also what was the experience of doing the behavior like? Was it as scary as you thought it was going to be? Did the emotion and the thoughts really get in your way? What were you able to do to navigate around them when it happened? And now how do you feel afterwards? Do you feel that next time you try to do that thing, is it going to be easier for you or harder for you? And then finally, how do you feel about your diabetes globally? Now that you've been able to do these things that you didn't think were possible, 
how does that change the way you think about your life with diabetes? My hope is that it empowers you and lets you see that even though diabetes is annoying and diabetes is going to make you feel some pretty challenging things sometimes, that that doesn't have to stop you from doing what you want to do. In my experience, if you're able to do whatever you want to do with diabetes, those emotional challenges just aren't as big of a deal. They may never go away, but if they're not getting in your way, then they're a whole lot easier to deal with. And they really don't bother you a whole lot at all. And if you're able to live your life and do the things that you want to do, even with diabetes long for the ride, then my guess is your emotional health with type 1 diabetes is going to be in a pretty great place. And that's all because you have a solid foundation with the three pillars of emotional health with type 1 diabetes. Diabetes education, your mindset, and then finally your behavior. I really hope you found this process helpful in understanding what you can do in order to come to a better place in your emotional health with type 1 diabetes. It's always helpful to have a process and a foundation to keep you grounded, to give you a foundation about where to start when things with diabetes start getting challenging. And we all know they will sometimes. That does it for this episode of the Diabetes Psychologist Podcast. If you could do me a favor and hop on over to Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star rating and review, I would really appreciate it. My goal is to serve as many people with type 1 diabetes as possible and partner with them to give them the tools that they need. And your rating and review really helps me to achieve that goal. Also, I love hearing from you. I want to hear from you about the challenges that you're having in your life with type 1 diabetes. I also want to hear from you about your successes and what's going well for you. So please send me an email to mark at thediabetespsychologist.com or DM me on Instagram at thediabetespsychologist. I want to hear from you. I value the diabetes community and you are a key part of my diabetes community. And please be sure to tune in next Thursday for a brand new episode of the Diabetes Psychologist Podcast. Remember, type 1 diabetes is not easy, but you can have an easier time with it. I'll see you next week, same time, same place. Bye for now. Thanks so much for listening. For more resources, you can visit www.thediabetespsychologist.com and be sure to sign up for the email list for access to exclusive content. I'm Dr. Mark Heyman, and tune in next time for the latest episode of the Diabetes Psychologist Podcast.